Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today, the episode, The Lost. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And is this our fourth week in our new home? It is. It's it's kind of cool, actually. And uh, they're so great here. And uh, it just makes such a difference, uh, both both in the sound, but also in the connectivity. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, YouTube videos and stuff of of stars going on like Sirius XM uh, uh, tech programs and stuff. And it's always better when they're, it seems when they're in the room rather than talking on Zoom or whatever platform that they're using. So I, I get it, man. It's it's cool. Well, you know, it's always been better in person. I had my uh, one of my first in-person meetings today with a whole bunch of folks and it was just lovely. It was just so connecting. The conversations, you know, just reminded us that, uh, you know, although I know lots of folks will continue to work from home, the power of connecting in person together, even if they're in gathering moments, is going to be so great because it just really, you could feel the energy, introverts, extroverts, everyone, just the energy of kind of coming together and the power of dialogue and community. It was pretty exciting. So uh, it's, it's, I think, what we're experiencing here together doing this. Yeah, my place is starting to talk about when people can come in and stuff and what's going on. And it's kind of, it is kind of exciting. I mean, I'm not one of these I go into the office every day type of people, but I'm certainly looking forward to going in occasionally and, and just chatting with folks and stuff like that. Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, when I looked at my calendar and said, oh, shoot, this is an in-person one because this is a monthly meeting that we have and, and we have, you know, two years we haven't got together. So at first I said, oh, I got to get in my car. I got to put on pants. You know, no shorts, no, I got, like not pajamas. Uh, and so that was kind of fun. But then, you know, I got there and I drove there and just, I cannot believe how, how wonderful it was. Uh, well, you know, at first it was a little stumbly, but, um, you know, and I'm, I'm fully dressed for a day now, which is pretty good. Well, it was short day for me today. Ah, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the window was open. It is nice out. It was cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Nice. So maybe we should get back to work here. Uh, we've both been managers, uh, for big chunks of our career. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. And every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start the perspective of the employee and move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're going to, always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today, Greg. Yeah, I think so too. This is a, this is a really important thing. And as we talked about it's ex exasperated in this current environment. And just let people know in the negotiations about what episode we're going to do. This one was Greg's, although I fully support him because sometimes we have to negotiate back and forth which episode, because we always have three or four prepared, ready to go. So this is Greg's, just if you're keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> That's hopefully, hopefully it's as good as we feel it's going to be. <laughs> so the loss. There have been both long and short-term changes, new bosses and team members, new and changing approaches, and just time passing and you experience some or all of the following. You find yourself lost in the situation. Your boss doesn't really know who you are and what you do that brings value to the team. You are not confident on your position in the future. Other people in your situation have been let go. There doesn't seem to be any options. When you try and discuss the matter with your boss, they aren't interested and there seems to be conversations going on without you. So Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, this is really hard because, you know, 
when you don't know and you've lost, it's almost like you lost your grounding. You know, yeah, you hear uh, people who have vertigo and that can be just horrible and your whole balance and your ability to really, you know, ground yourself at all. And I think these are situations that, that occur and sometimes what happens is they, they occur slowly and you don't even feel that you're losing it. And then all of a sudden you kind of wake up and think, I, 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 I don't know where I stand. I don't know where my value, everything's changed so quickly. So, so sometimes it's an immediate thing where, you know, a merger or a massive change and you're lost. So I think you can be lost in those immediate situations when, you know, last person standing kind of thing after massive changes. But sometimes it can also happen over time. Um, and uh, we were talking before the show is that, you know, because we've all been working remote, there's a lot of changes that have happened remotely. So it, it, you, you, you also don't feel it and see it as much of the change uh, when you're remote because, you know, someone's no longer there. You know, new bosses come and go, you know, and that it just doesn't feel as far away. But then all of a sudden you recognize that when I look at the screen, if you're still remote, I don't know have these people. I don't have a relationship with my boss. And when you don't have a relationship with your boss, when you don't have a sense of belonging and connectivity, it, it, um, it worries you and it just hangs on you. And so one, you get less productive and, and, and two, you start to, you know, the head spin begins and the critics arrive and you start to just not be as effective. And then it spills out into the home and your friendships and all that type of thing. So this can be really crunchy. It's interesting, uh, when I was uh, uh, preparing for potentially this one uh, this afternoon uh, during a break, um, one of the things that kind of came up to me is is how often this especially impacts, in my experience, support people. And to this day, there's still support people that every once in a while I hear from, um, you know, they're just saying hi or whatever. And uh, quite frankly, I've had like seven people ask me for references in the last two or three years. And I, I find in my experience, and I'm talking from, of course, from my experience, is, is that it seems to impact those people a lot. And, and they end up, uh, all of a sudden it's over, they're gone, whatever. And I, I've had quite a few people reach out to me. So that, I don't know what your experience is, Greg, but that's what I'm seeing a fair bit. Well, yeah, and sometimes it's the, um, you know, in, in previous podcasts, we've talked about uh, two categories I love. And I don't know who created this, but the idea of in our organizations, we have rock stars and shooting stars. And shooting stars are the promotables, the hypos that people are always putting lots of attention to. Uh, rock stars are those folks that don't want to be promoted, but they're solid. Really, they hold the organization together. And often, it's the rock stars that get lost because they're just doing their stuff and they're doing it really well. And so the other side to the lost circle is what you're talking about. Some of those support folks that are rock stars, you know, they don't want to go on to the next level, but they are amazing. And, um, you know, they get scared over time. Now, some of them also have seen the changes over and over and over again. So some of it's just getting tired and I'm, I'm out of here. But um, losing your connection or losing this sense of value on how you contribute is a big thing. And uh, people will jump for those things or become, you know, presenteeism where they arrive and they're really not doing their work. So they're absent in seat kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So let's get down to some common sense. What are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? 
Do you know who your people are and what they bring to the table? Yeah, and you know what? I had a conversation this morning with a group of, of uh, leaders, and we were talking about, again, what are the three things that people can do, which I think fits really well with this. And we've talked about this before. Matt, I've said, I said that I think the three things for me are people need to feel that, that uh, you care about them. Secondly, they need to feel they belong. So I need to feel connected to the purpose of the team or the organization. And then thirdly, they need to feel that they're making an impact. That they And so those three things. And someone asked at the table, how many leaders do you think can do all three of those things now? And almost everyone around the table said zero. People are so swamped these days. Um, they have so much pressure that managers aren't able to create those three things. And, and I, I was shocked a little bit about that because it's not, I don't know, to show you care, to help people feel that they belong and to help them see their impact. This is more of an intentional way of, be, of being. But um, uh, I just, you know, what your statement about know your people and know what they bring to the table, the three things, care, belong, impact, are kind of a part of those conversations. So they don't have to be new things. They're just, how do you get to know people and help them find that connection. I think it's just so important, but it was scary that of a group of 12, um, everyone except myself thought that this was something that leaders could do, but uh, people just said it right now, it's, it's really challenging. So I was just shocked by that whole conversation. And I think I've seen it in all my careers, time and time again. You know, there's a, a, new, a new boss in town or a new approach or whatever. And quite often you'll 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 kind of there'll be that one person you they don't get it they don't understand what this person is like what this person brings to the table where they've worked before I remember talking to somebody and I didn't realize it but they were somebody big's personal assistant at one time like you know ran a, a huge office for them and and if you don't ask questions you just don't know who you're who's sitting there like there are all sorts of skills and abilities and and corporate knowledge sitting around offices and quite often a boss doesn't know that if they're new or the person just got, you know, entered into their department or a group or whatever it is, you don't know unless you ask. And there are so many people that have so many skills. Yeah. And there's so much power in setting up those quick connections. If you're a new manager um, and you don't know your people, just have a conversation. You know, there are a couple of simple questions that you can have a conversation. You know, hey, we, I want to just set up a meet and greet. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about what you do here and what you love to do best. Uh, you know, uh, what, what I can learn as a manager. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes we, we as managers think this is, I just don't have time to do all this. Well, pick two questions. Uh, that will deepen awareness that you want to share and you want to understand about that. Start small. Um, and that will, again, help those connections because uh, I will feel less lost if you do that. I will feel more connected and a part of something if you do that. And I will probably begin to see how I impact more clearly if you do that. And you can't approach this like a checkbox list yeah. thing, right? And it, it won't all happen at one time, but it has to be a deliberate pattern of getting to know people and asking questions. And there's all sorts of, like a new a new project comes in or whatever, and you go, okay, um, 
yeah, how are we going to deal with this? Who do we have? What skills? Like it almost has to be ingrained in everything we do that you, you're reaching out to figure out who are the best people, what skills do we have to put into this? It can't all happen at once and you can't use it as, as oh, I read a book, so this is the check mark for, I asked the two questions. I agree. I, I think you can set up processes in order to do it effectively. So, you know, like use your calendar to, to schedule the time ahead of time. You know, uh, put a goal of quarterly having a connection with folks, you know, 10 folks or whatever it might be. Because I think if we don't do that, we won't do it. So I do think there is some rigor you need to put around it. But don't, don't as you say, don't make it a checklist. And do you know where you are taking the team or group to? I think it's kind of important to know that as you, you know, if you're, a, say you come in, you've got a group of three or four people that you're in charge of. You kind of need to know where you're going to understand where, what role these people are going to play if they can. Well, those second two things about, you know, belonging and impact, if you can't articulate what the team is here for and where we're going, there's no way that anyone else is going to be able to, to get that. Or they may have a really better idea uh, if you uh, open a conversation around that, the folks of, they might have a clear idea for you, especially if you're a new manager. <laughs> And are the changes, if, if you're going to be doing something different, are they even in your control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some, uh, often they are not. Uh, but what is con- in your control is the space you hold with your people. Um, and uh, that you do have a, uh, control over. But sometimes you don't have control over the impacts that are coming at you. Well, the next one kind of feeds into your point, right? Be as honest as you can in the situation. Yeah, if change happens, you know, we, there are things you can't tell sometimes because there's a bigger impact, but the more you can be transparent, the better. Um, and it will, uh, it will build that trust level that we've talked so much in all of our podcasts. If there are changes, long or short term, try and involve the team if you can. Sometimes some of these things are external things that are being put on you, but if you're doing a change and you have a certain level of control, the more you can involve people in that process the better. There's a buy-in, they understand, it lowers the anxiety. If you can do that, and I I appreciate that you can't always do that, it's so impactful. And it doesn't have to be a bad change, right? So uh, I had a meeting this morning with someone who is a consultant who does a lot of work in manufacturing. And he was telling me the story that uh, this organization that he's done a a lot of work with who has grown significantly the key to their growth was he talked to the president and said, you know, you should engage everybody in the whole plan. And he said, oh, he said, well, I'm not too sure about that because he thought the office, everybody. And then he said, no, no, I mean everybody up to the, down to the plant floor. And he described a situation of this organization which like trebled in size uh, from when they started to do this, just engaging others in the conversation. He told two really great stories. He said his favorite experience at this place is that uh, when he would go in, there was one guy on the line who every time he came, he would come over and hug him because he knew that he was kind of the, the, the initiator of this process. That same guy was a quiet, uh, really smart, introverted guy that worked on the floor and uh, about a year into this engagement process, he, he came over and said, you know what, um, excuse me, he said, you know, I've got a, I've got a um, really good idea. My space here, we can, we can redo it. If you give me two days and a space on the floor, I will design a way that will save 50% uh, of effectiveness in, this, uh, in, the, in the work that we do here. And so they said, sure. 
And sure enough, two days later, he came back with a change, uh, a redesign of the space that didn't cost a lot, that ended up uh, saving 50% time that they can do other stuff. And so it just creating that environment. But to your point, it was all about engaging people fully in where we're going, why we're going, and, and starting conversations around how um, they can impact and how they can make a difference. It was great stories. And, and uh, I've had that experience myself and seen that in a couple of organizations that I've worked with, the power of uh, openness and clarity of direction and connectivity to that direction. That's cool. I like that story. I like that story. And you never know when you're going to need these people, their experience or their knowledge. If somebody is is kind of put off to the side or, you know, they leave or whatever, and all of a sudden you're in a situation, you go like, well, who knows how to do this? Well, they left or you walk them out the door. Right. They're gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, just that's why it's important that people are valued in the situation and also allowing people to grow. But I agree 100 percent. That's a that's a so important. And how many times have we seen organizations fall apart when they exited uh, this group of people and then no one knows how to do it? It's those rock stars, you know, like uh, you throw the rock stars in the water and then all of a sudden you, the dam breaks apart or something. What do you mean we haven't been doing this for six months? How come? Um, so-and-so left seven months ago. They're the ones that did this. We'll get somebody else to do it. Nobody knows how. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've been in those situations. And people watch how you deal with other people. As a leader, everybody watches how you deal with situations and how you deal with all the team members. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked a little bit about this, and you said something earlier that kind of struck a chord for me, is that, um, you know, how we model connectivity and awareness how uh, you mentioned that, you know, even asking questions, who do we have that does this, that has the skill and that type of thing. So um, creating a space where people feel seen, not lost, people feel that they belong, not separated, people feel that they're able to impact, not, uh, not, not spinning of where's my value kind of thing. It doesn't have to be just the manager. And we'll talk about that as we go into um, uh, the employee part, but it does start with the manager. It's like anything is modeled, and uh, and if you can do that, then others will want to do that as well. If significant changes occur and someone is sent on their way, please don't use the phrase, it's the best for the organization, or it's the right thing to do. That phrase is so subjective, and a lot of the people that hear that phrase uh, are going to be offended by it or just going to like not buy it. So I think it's really important when we do let somebody go, and it might be totally legitimate, how we characterize what that is because those types of phrases mean different things to different people and you can raise some hackles on some people depending on what you say. Yeah, and, uh, you know, people are big observers and you talk about how do people get lost. Well, people get lost when they they lose faith in, uh, in how you care about people. So, again, it comes back to those three things, right? If you don't care... Uh, and and how you care can come across in what you say, um, and it, it's always challenging when you either have to make a move, uh, if it's a performance move or if it's just a structure move, a cost move. Um, but again, this all these all become better decisions if you know your people, um, and you're able and you've created a relationship with them. Then um, 
they'll trust you more, even in the, and especially in the most challenging situations. Yeah, somebody said that phrase to me once, years and years ago. And uh, I knew it was a bad move. I spoke against it. And it still happened. And it's like, you know, and somebody said something. I, I said, just put up my hand and I walked away because I didn't agree with it. I, and I, I, didn't, I just didn't appreciate the comment at that time because I knew it was wrong for the organization. Mm-hmm. And it was certainly wrong for the person, but um, it was years and years and years ago. But uh, so I'm, I'm probably a little bit oversensitive to those phrases, but uh, that's, you know, I mean, that's how I feel. That's my experience. So I, I just think we need to be careful in how we say things and the optics of how we, we do things. Yeah, I've always said, um, and this might not be the right thing to say either, but uh, I've always said that, you know, uh, we've had to make some challenging situations, challenging decisions. And um, the thing that I can say, if you've done this, and I've always done this, is that we've supported folks, we're supporting folks through this 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 decision and this journey. Um, that's really all you can say. And, uh, but you have to also be doing that, right? So, I mean, you know, fortunately, the organizations that I was at, and I was in a couple organizations where we had significant downsizing. And uh, kind of our goal was um, that, that folks, who, whoever had to go through that downsizing, at the end of it said, that was the toughest thing I ever went through. And boy, the company really showed up to support me in the transition. Because, you know, those people are people who talk to other people. And they also might be those experts that at some point you may need again, right? As you, you know, if it's a growth situation or a downsizing situation. So how you treat people going out not only reflects those that are still there, but also ripples out into the organization. And especially if you're a brand, well-known brand, but, and you know, that shouldn't matter. It should be how do you treat people the right way? even in the most t- difficult situations. Well, I appreciated what you said there, the phrase that you used, but you've, you've walked right into number nine. It's perfect. It's like it was written down on a piece of paper, Greg. What kind of organization do you want to work for? Will anyone else want to come and work for you? People talk, and would somebody want to come back and work for you? Yeah. I have had situations where I had to uh, lay off people, and um, they've come back, and then there's been growth again. And we've kept, we, I'm a big believer in alumni. Um, but alumni, even with people haven't voluntarily left, sometimes you got to make dif- difficult situations and how you support people through that. I've had people come back and they're, they're just dying to want to work for you again. They, you know, if, again, it's that trust level. If they, if they believe that, yeah, I get it. There's nothing, your lack of control, your earlier comment about what's within your control. If you have no control, if you are honest with folks and you support people in leaving, um, that will be uh, significant to supporting and reducing the sense of loss or being lost of those that are left. But boy, oh boy, it's the survivors that often we forget about um, and, uh, and they start to spin based upon how you deal with those that are impacted. Exactly. And I, I can think of, you know, all sorts of situations throughout my careers where, uh, you know, they're just sitting there like they don't want to speak up. They want to put their hand up now. They're not sure what's going on. And, and those to me, are, you know, they're, they're part of that loss group, right? They're, they're, they survived, but how well and what's their quality of work uh, environment going to be? Yeah, and it's interesting because... 
you're just something just bubbled up for me as you've talked about, you know, when it is a situation where you've had a major downsize or a significant reduction, uh, often organizations do put a fair amount of good work into helping those that are leaving, but they don't do much work onto those that are staying. And uh, if there's anything that I've learned in my career is that call them the survivors, but really investing an equal amount in the survivors are, is so key because, you know, this sense of lost, being lost that you, uh, that this whole episode is about often happens because we don't invest in those that are behind. We just usually add more work onto them um, and, and, and uh, get more impatient because we have uh, more work on us. Uh, we don't actually invest in it. And, you know, if you are, if you have to downsize, save some money to invest in those that are left behind um, to show that you value them and to support them through the change because they're going through the same change. Many people have friends and that they've, you know, they've had at work for a long time. And when those things happen, invest in those will, will help reduce the lost factor. So as employees, there are a number of things we can do to assist in this situation. Appreciate who you are and make sure during those evaluations you have a good talk with your boss, if they're listening. Yeah, we always, um, this is so important. We've talked about this in many episodes, is that if you're feeling lost, and if you're feeling that maybe people um, aren't sure of your value, promote yourself. And you don't have to be, and that's sometimes hard, but uh, um, be bold, be brave, and assuming that your boss is listening. And if your boss isn't listening, then look at who are the influencers in the organization that you want to be able to share uh, a little bit about what you've done and what your thoughts are, what your ideas are. So, so, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be your own promoter. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be, well, look what I've done, you know, find the conversation that I'm really excited about this project. It reminds me of when we did this project before, and this is something that we learned about that project that I know I'm not a part of that, but I thought I would share there. It might be able to help as we enter into this next project. Oh, I didn't know that you were involved in that project before. I didn't even know we did that project before, especially if the manager is new. How can you contribute insight and ideas. Um, and it could be just, you know, again, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be uh, kind of a bragger, uh, braggart about it, but you can say, hey, I know we're moving in this project. I'm not sure if this would be helpful. However, here's some insights that I've seen before in my experience and that type of thing that I, I wanted to be able to contribute whether I'm on the project or not. Oh, yeah, you, it's, it's a sweet way of just softly letting people know. And because you know, new managers, they're like drinking out of the fire hose when they arrive. And so uh, often they will only see what they see uh, that's in front of them or what people whisper in their ears. Uh, um, and uh, so they might just not, it's not intentional that they don't know who you are, or what you bring. So be a little bit of your own promoter. There's so many natural on-ramps to a conversation to talk about things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't say anything, all they have is what's in front of their face and maybe some things other people are saying, which may be out of context and quite frankly, not correct. Yeah, you know, if you have the idea of um, 
how do I help this new manager be successful? How, how do I contribute in a positive way? And it's tough because sometimes over the years and many changes, it's easy to get cynical and it's easy to uh, get frustrated. But, you know, it, it's about how you show up every day and, uh, and show up like a volunteer, show up like someone who wants to contribute versus a victim versus, uh, you know, someone who just wants to kind of sit back and do nothing. We all have those choices. And if you still don't get any feedback, if you're still not listening to it, then, then maybe is the time to begin to look elsewhere, but to take the chance and uh, move forward. And on that influencer word that you used about a minute and a half ago, appreciates the relationships you have with other bosses in the organization and do good work for. They can be your allies in this. Like we just, quite often we all work projects or work things and we uh, touch on other sections and we have uh, conversations and, and, and uh, we do things for other bosses. They're your allies as well. Yeah, and it might be also coworkers. There might be people on other teams that you've worked for before that that um, you keep because allies can be anywhere, and uh, and and often just reminding folks of the conversations or the work that we've done before are important because you know again we're all busy, and if if your peer is in another department is in a meeting and they're talking about something. And something bubbles up that you've had a conversation with them. They'll say, oh, you know, Alistair, I think Alistair knows something about that. We should bring him into that situation. So sometimes it's as simple as that. But then, you know, it's keeping aware of your knowledge, you know, the ex- shared experiences, all those kinds of things. And I think the, the next one is, is obvious, but I don't know if people keep it in the, the front of what uh, they're thinking about is work hard and deliver. Every boss needs people that could get the job done. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's no, that's a, that's a very simple, but straightforward. And make sure you take any courses or updates as you can. It can help grow you within the organization. And if the organization is starting to kind of move towards a certain subject matter, if there's courses on that you can take that they're offering, or maybe on the side that will help you kind of keep in tune with that movement, then uh, step up and do it. Well, it's like your center of control that we talked about earlier. One thing that I can control is what I do myself. Uh, so if I see an organization moving in a certain direction, if I see a new um, software program coming up or whatever, there is tons of stuff online that you can learn or you can go take a course and you can, pro- you can either proactively say, I see we're going in this direction and I'd love to take this course with the organization support me in it. That's one way. Or just becoming more aware of it so that you can contribute to the conversation um, don't sit back, be because uh, it'll be good for you. We all love to learn and grow, but it'll also be good for the organization and good in uh, holding your space. And hopefully it'll help you not be as lost within your position within the group or wherever you're working. Well, it's again that whole idea of belonging and having impact. The more you can do to enhance your ability to belong, to connect to wherever the organization is going and that type of thing, and to impact – those are equal things that you can do on your own uh, because people see that. Because if I don't see how you belong into our future, if I don't see how you can impact our results, um, then I might say, okay, th- this person is on the list to go. Um, but if you proactively help make those connections, the likelihood of you going and you know, having greater opportunity of impact is, is, is going to be bigger. 
And if there is a career development program or offering, jump on if you have the opportunity because quite often um, organizations are very mindful where they're going and what they're doing and they need to raise up people to do certain jobs and and maybe it isn't up, maybe it's lateral, but if there are offerings available, uh, why not? Yeah, and I would add uh, not only just the career development programs, but if there are projects that are even outside of your space, even voluntary volunteer stuff, you know, like some of the best ways to connect with people is if there is a social um, commitment that the organization is doing. Um, be a part of that. You know, United Way, I know you were a big uh, uh, person with United Way and in, in some of your organizations really helped lead that. Uh, you know, there's a number of food drives that uh, that I've been involved in or cleanups that I've been involved in. You know, volunteering to be a part of those or even just participating in those builds relationship, builds connectivity, builds awareness, and that's what you want to do. Yeah, for me, I, I think that's a great idea. So, yes, uh, the United Way, but also in the police, uh, I was on the committee for a bunch of annual uh, seminars. Uh, invest, like investigative seminars. And not only did you get to know everybody uh, in your in your squad or uh, like at headquarters building, but you had people coming from all over the world. It was a great way to connect with people, see new ideas, see new ways of doing things. And you know, when you're standing around, you know, after the day's over and you're having these just great conversation, it infuses you, right? And people get to know you and stuff. All those things are good. All of them are good. Like you can sit by your desk by yourself and eat your lunch or, you know, there's a whole bunch of things like this and you get to meet people. It gets you out of yourself and you get to do something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, this is harder maybe for introverts than extroverts, but there's always something there, you know, to be a part of, uh, uh, to contribute. And what I love about your example is that then you can actually bring back best practices, ideas, um, to your organization say, well, you know, I was at this and here's two or three things that I'm not sure where they fit within our organization, but I thought it might be helpful for you. If you have any questions, you want to dig further, let me know. That's a great entry point and you're contributing into your point. It's a positive thing for you. You're going to get energy by doing that. And the age of working for an organization for a full career has probably passed. Always think about what's next and what you want to do next. Mm -hmm. This is, I, I've, uh, I love the word years ago, I heard this word about career resilience and it's about building your toolkit. Um, because you never know. And boy, oh boy, I've seen plant closures where folks have not built their toolkit, have not strengthened their connections and really thought for sure they were going to be there for all of their life. Like our, some of our parents had roles like that. And the likelihood is that still it's pretty small. So that reinvesting into yourself, uh, the best way not to get lost is to have make sure you have all the tools in your backpack. And part of that tool in your backpack is learning, experience, relationships. Um, then you'll 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 never really be lost. Um, so how do you build that? How do you fill that backpack with knowledge, with relationships? with uh, uh, an attitude of growth and, and commitment, those are all things that will help reduce the likelihood of you being lost. Even if you have a boss who doesn't see you, doesn't know you, um, you know, uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to be more successful. 
and you're responsible for your career. I think this is what you've been talking about. No one's going to take it as seriously as you. So give some thought to it. Uh, take whatever resources you can from your own company and, and build your skills and your interests and, you know, volunteer for those things so people notice you and get to know you and understand you a little bit better because there are people walking around in all the organizations that I've worked. They're just off the charts good at stuff and nobody knows it. And all of a sudden, like they, they end up on a, a committee for, you know, an international conference and you're like, where did this person come from? Like, oh my goodness, like, we needed them last year. Like, what? Where did this person come from? And and it, it's incredible. And and like even now, like you know, I knew there was an opportunity, and somebody I'd worked with years ago. Like, I pointed them towards it. I don't know if they got the opportunity, but you know, there's just there's just so many talented people walking around, and there's people that are always eager to learn more. And you know, you need to create that environment where where people will talk to you, and and they will show you what they can do. And I, I'm kind of sliding back to the manager side of things, but. I just think it's so important to be open, that people will talk to you and that they feel comfortable you talking to them because people aren't like just one line. They're not linear. They're, there's just so much to people and whether it's in their volunteer experience or their life experience, they have so much stuff. Yeah, and you know, I do a lot of work with folks in all levels of organization and I encourage this even when my my paid coaching or my pro bono coaching is to – Keep a list of – I call it my being me profile. And my being me profile is is four things, four or five things. First thing is um, what am I good at? What do I bring? And, and continue to keep a list of the things that you bring, experience, knowledge, all those kinds of things that you bring to a role uh, or an organization. Secondly is what do you love? Really kind of – Reflect from time to time. What, what about your work? What, because what, what about your work? What about you know? Are the the values that are important to you? Uh, third is is how do I work? How do you work most effectively? And there's tons of tools we've talked about before. Colby, um, that re- is one of those ones that that really helps you think through this. But you know, am I someone who who likes to? If I'm a good planner, I love to plan things. Am I someone who really is good at research? Am I someone who's really good at just making stuff happen quickly? Think about how you work best. But almost creating this being me profile. Who am I? And who do I want to be known for? Uh, like, what do I want to be known for? And, um, you know, just having that uh, that you reflect on every once in a while is powerful because then when someone does ask you, so so what do you love to do? How do you best contribute? You, It's fresh. You know. Because often when those questions are asked, you don't remember or you miss something. And uh, But being really clear, and again, it's ownership. It's about taking control of my situation because, again, I'm not going to be lost if I, if I – the more I thought about where I want to go, what I bring, um, and how I contribute to my best, those are powerful questions to be able to answer wherever your role you're in. That's cool. And I appreciate, you know, you and I uh, started talking – to, well, you and I started talking probably about three or four years ago as I was getting ready to retire. And these are some of the questions that, you know, you had me uh, thinking about and talking about. And it's such a healthy thing. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I look at, you know, you and I are sitting across the table from each other at Staples Studio doing a podcast. Listen, my friend, did you think three or four years ago we'd be sitting here talking about stuff like this? Uh, no, not at all. But we did know 
that we we like to help people. We did know that uh, we we thought it would be important to share kind of our thoughts and open the dialogue to others to do that as well. And so we our heart's desire was to do that. How we did it, you know, we never would have thought that. I mean, we were doing I was doing an individual coaching and that type of thing. You were doing it coaching as a manager and supporting people in their roles. Um, but being able to now do what we do here is pretty cool. You you look at uh, like we we had these just great open conversations, which is why, quite frankly, folks, that uh, we ended up having this podcast because we're not experts. We're just two dudes that have had a certain level of experience, and we've had a really good conversation about that. Which is gonna, and I'm going to remind you, who are you having the conversations with? But if you look at all the conversations we had and the things that we're doing right now. I mean, it's a direct result of, of kind of a, a self, you know, what do I do? What am I good at? You know, what am I, you know, what I need to work on and all that. We just had, you know, great conversations and now, uh, you know, we're doing this and you've written a book and I don't know how many podcasts and episodes we have going on all over the place, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I just really think that's so healthy that, you know, you take responsibility, you know, for your career and figuring out what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you have to make money, but... You know, what makes me happy? What am I good at? Who do I like to do it with? And what format do I like to do it with? And, you know, it all comes down to you need to do something. So let's figure out, you know, maybe it is where you are. Maybe you can, you know, work your way into a situation or maybe you're happy with your present situation, but maybe you do have to work into something else and and that's fine too. But I think, you know, having a realistic conversation and it's great bouncing it off somebody else Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm going to say the word, sometimes we just talk crap, Mm -hmm. but we need somebody to bounce it off and say, hang on for a second. You know, what do you, that's crazy talk or, you know, explain that more to me, say more about that. But the, the, you know, this, this, we are responsible for our own careers and our own happiness. So let's figure out what makes us happy. Yeah. Great people. Uh, I think it's really important is that that sounding board, I call it the inner circle or whatever, the truth tellers that would say, you know, if there's something totally unrealistic that you're thinking, they will call you on it. Or if there's something that is pretty stretchy, they will say, okay, how are you going to get from here to there? What are the steps you're going to take to move there if that's really important to you? So both are really important to kind of help me get out of the stars if it's something that's not realistic. If something that I need a uh, an MBA and I haven't graduated high school, it's probably not going to happen. However, if there is something else that is a stretch that I can get there, then help me get a practical plan from the you know dreaming what I want to do to actually doing it. That's cool. That's cool. I don't know if we've wrapped up. I think we need to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so so for me, uh, you know, I think the idea of uh, – I, I think we are all lost at some point. You know, we've all been lost in our careers. And often it's when we lose sight of what we can control and what we can't control. So first of all, as a manager, we have great opportunities to just by being present and aware of the folks around us to help them be less lost. And part of that is just to care, to help them belong, help folks belong, and to help them see their impact. Uh, But more important, I think, is individually, there's a lot you can do to not be lost. And it's about getting that backpack ready, knowing yourself, um, figuring out what you want, um, figuring out how you're going to get there and being able to have those conversations, build the relationship. There's a lot you can do to be less lost. Um, and, and you might discover that you are lost in an organization, but it doesn't mean you're going to be lost in your career. So figure that out. Take control. Um, uh, really reflect 
and build your plan. And then I love your ad is, you know, to bring, a, bring a, others around you to help move that forward, whether in the organization or outside of the organization. Yeah, I'm going to echo a few things you said there. Uh, the first one is, uh, you know, if you're responsible for an area, for a group of people, and you see those lost people, maybe there's been a lot of changes or, or whatever's happened, or maybe other people have left and have been promoted or gone off to bigger and what you think are better things. And we all, we don't know what people are going through in their personal situations and in their professional situations. It may look good. It may not be good. But uh, I think that's, you know, you reach out to those people and you know what, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a huge amount of effort to touch those people and just, uh, you know, hey, Greg, how's it going today? Good, good, good. Um, I know we have an evaluation coming up. Um, uh, please give a lot of thought to, to what you like about here, what we can do to make things better uh, for this role for you and, and whatever it is, uh, you know, having those maybe preliminary discussions or just ongoing things like, how are we doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there any log jams, uh, that, uh, you need assistance with or whatever? I don't know how you phrase it, but just showing an interest in people and getting them used to having a conversation. Cause some people get really jittery when they're the lost, right? And you, you say something, you go, why am I not doing a good job? I mean, you know, you have to be careful how you do it and you have to know people, but it's, it's really important to reach out to those people and just recognize them. They need to see that they've been seen. Yeah, you know what? And something just hit me is that sometimes being lost is also created from the outside. I think of, of in my career once when I found myself totally lost. And uh, I, I was in a quite a senior role, but I was spinning. And I would say probably three quarters of it was due to external personal impacts that were spinning me out of control which then allowed uh, resulted in me being not as as uh, focused, and uh, it, it wasn't actually my boss that saw that. He didn't say anything. He just kept uh, doing it in in that particular situation. It was actually coworkers that actually had an opportunity to just just kind of grab me and say, "Hey, are you okay? Here's what I'm seeing. What can I do to help?" And that was so so important to me. Um, one, because I was, I, I had someone who cared for me. It wasn't my boss, but it was, it was, it was others, and uh, and they helped me settle, and they helped support me in it. So sometimes being lost has nothing to do with even the role. And as a manager, recognize that sometimes there's outside stuff, but it still results in the person being quote lost in the job. So how do you support your peers? How do you support yourself? And if you're a manager, how do you support others in just recognizing? Um, those signs of the lost and, uh, and, and showing ways of supporting. I, I really like that. That just adds just a, a, a bigger, better dynamic to it, right? And I think on the side of the lost, um, if you have an opportunity to change your circumstances within the company, if there's steps you can take, if there's conversations you, you can have, and that if you're working your tail off, that's great. But if there comes a time when you need to go, make sure you do have that knapsack packed mm-hmm. and, and, you know, always keep, uh, always, uh, keep in contact with your bigger circle of people and let them know how you're doing, what you're doing. And quite frankly, most of the jobs I've gotten, except for one, it's because of people that knew me, um, uh, people gave me an opportunity, uh, and I really appreciate that. And I understand the power of having a network out there and, and all of a sudden, oh, oh, Alster, you should come work with us. No. Well, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and other than one time, which I think was just plain luck, 
most of the time it's because people knew me mm-hmm. and, and they, you know, we've worked together some other way they knew my work or whatever. So I think it's just so important. Um, listen, I hope, uh, we hope that some of what we spoke about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that you that offended you or made you really angry, but I think Greg, your philosophy for sure in this topic, uh, lands well. Yeah. You know, I, we always end each of our episodes with, uh, really a thought that I discovered early on in coaching from a coach of mine. And, and she always felt that uh, she hoped and she, she declared that she hoped that each of the, our sessions that I would leave with a little bit of churn and a little bit of joy. And at first I thought, what? Uh, but what, what she was getting at was that the churn is often things that I recognize in myself that I maybe need to make a shift or I may be not moving as quickly. So it's something I really need to learn. Joy is, of course, something I'm making traction on. But she always believed, and I always do this in my coaching, and we try to do this in all of our podcasts, is to create a little bit of churn. So maybe you heard something that you that don't like, and it's not feeling good. It's giving you a little bit of pit in the stomach. Um, reflect on it and think, so what is it trying to tell you as a manager or as an employee? Maybe, it's, maybe in this case, it's about I need to take control. And, and I need to be more proactive in my role. Who knows what it is? But those churns are often just as good as the joys uh, as long as you decide to do something with them. And we, we, we've said this a couple of times, especially recently. Uh, Greg and I aren't experts. We're just having a really good conversation. We've been having, a you know, you know within this podcast uh, almost two years. But uh, before that, you know, when Greg was working with me, we've had really good conversations. So I'm going to ask the question again, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. Who are you bouncing stuff off of? And it's just so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might disagree with something we said. It might not be your experience, but that's fine too because that's your experience. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we need to do a shout out, a call out. Sure. San Jose. I don't know if we've said it before, but it came up. So San Jose, and I believe that's in California. Yes, it is. And the other one was very specific. Central District, Hong Kong. Wow. Very, very interesting. That's great. Again, we, we love this because we recognize that most of the conversations we're having, you're having. It doesn't matter where you live. These are human conversations often because we're, we work with humans and we're working with ourselves to try and figure out. And wherever you live, there are lots of similarities, more similarities than there are differences. And so that's kind of cool. Uh, that's uh, hello, uh, Central District, Hong Kong, and San Jose. Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. And we reach out to the people in Hong Kong because from what I saw in the news, uh, there's been a huge COVID outbreak and uh, mm. it's been very substantial. So thinking about you folks, we hope um, you know the effects are as little as possible and that uh, hopefully we can all move on from this COVID mm-hmm. thing that's going on. So uh, listen, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.